Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you're a transitioning veteran or are new in your civilian career, I'm sure you have high hopes for your career path and all of the possibilities that will be available to you if you just work hard and focus. Even with the best of intentions, once you get settled into your day-to-day tasks, it can be very easy to lose sight of the bigger picture. In today's episode, I'm joined by Ned Fries, Army veteran and account executive at Orion, to talk about strategies for growing your career. Ned and I will discuss tips on how to grow your career, the importance of setting goals for yourself, and questions you should ask yourself to develop self-awareness and ultimately grow. Hearing feedback from you, our listeners, on topics you'd like us to cover helps us to bring you relevant content each week. If you have any questions, ideas for a future topic, or if you'd like to come on the podcast as a guest, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Ned. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Megan. It's a pleasure to be here. Really glad you invited me to do this today. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to have you here. I mean, we've worked together for about six years now, and this is the first podcast we've done together. So I'm excited to hear from you. I'm sure you'll have a lot of great insight to share with us today based on your own background and career here at Orion. But before we get into it, can you tell our listeners just a brief overview of your background? Sure. Um, So I am a former Army Airborne Engineer. I joined the Army in 1999 at 22 years old. I enlisted, um, went through basic training, right off to Fort Benning, learned to jump out of planes and spent the next year, four years at Fort Bragg. I got married while I was in, so I opted to transition out after my initial enlistment and was still in that in the Fayetteville area. So I enrolled. I, I left the Army in early January. On a Friday, a Monday morning, I was enrolled in school at Fayetteville State University working on my business degree. Um, two years later, December of 20, I guess it would have been 2004, I was getting ready to graduate and I completed an internship with Walgreens for their management program. And immediately on graduation, I started working with them in management. So I spent the next eight years kind of climb in the ranks uh, of management with Walgreens when they were going through some major expansion. And in 2012, my my brother, who was also uh, an Army West Point graduate, had been working with Orion, mentioned to the company, invited me to come out to a event we were hosting in Fayetteville to see what it was all about. I was looking for a career change. So I attended an event in April of 2012, interviewed with a couple different companies. Uh, from what I understand, I actually interviewed quite well, but I was taken with Orion. I, you know, my brother working there gave me some of the insider information. I was able to meet with David Coe at this event and a couple others, and ultimately ended up getting hired on as an account executive in October of 2012 at Orion as they were expanding their sales team at that time. Um, and so that kind of brings us up to today. I've been an account executive with Orion now. I'm coming up on my seventh year since I started and always based out of the Raleigh office. That's great. So just based on what you just shared, we've got tons of episodes about, you know, deciding what you want to do when you transition. And um, one of the things I always ask people are, you know, what were you thinking when you were transitioning? Did you know what you wanted to do? So it sounds like you didn't waste any time in terms of getting started with school less than a weekend later. It's, well, and I actually got out of the service early so that I could start school. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had 
a leave built up, but then I also got a special waiver to leave like an additional 30 days before uh, I actually was able to get out because school was starting. So yeah, I knew I had to be educated. I was 26 years old. I'd had about a year of college under my belt. And I knew that if I was going to do anything in life, I had to have that degree. So that was my big focus. Where I was going to go from there, I had no clue. But step one was get the business degree so that whatever I do, I have a chance of getting, you know, better opportunities in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, Ned, I really did not know much about your post-military career with Walgreens. I think I knew that you did have a different career prior to coming to Orion. Um, but from what you shared, I think that makes you, like I said, a great guest for today because we're going to be talking about ways to accelerate your career. So, you know, you having that background in management and working at Walgreens and then working here in sales, I think that makes you a great person to speak on this topic. And, and I agree. I, as I was looking at it, I thought, you know, a lot of, you know, when you look at accelerating your career, um, you know, at, at Walgreens, when I was there, it was all about getting to the next level. And what did I have to do to get to the next level? Because that's where I wanted, where I wanted to go. And now that I'm here at Orion and I'm, I'm in an individual contributor role and there, there may be opportunities to move into different positions and take promotions. But for me now, really, I don't have that desire to be a leader anymore. I, I, mm-hmm. I like being the individual contributor. So when I talk about, you know, how am I going to grow my career? It's what can I do to be better at the job I do today a year from now? What, what can I do to make this job more, more fulfilling, more rewarding, and, and ultimately more lucrative for me? Mm-hmm. And I think that will resonate with people who are listening because, you know, most people are not in a management role. So, you know, just talking about how can I make the most of what I'm doing now? How can I have influence in the type of role that I'm in now and, you know, continue to grow where I'm at and being an individual contributor? Some people have the desire to, you know, advance into management. Some people like having the flexibility of not, you know, having to manage other people and spend half their day doing that instead of doing the work that they enjoy. So I think that's a good perspective to have. And, you know, before we were talking, before I started recording this podcast, we were just talking about how easy it is to become complacent in your career. I think a lot of people become focused on making sure they're just doing their day-to-day responsibilities, but not really doing much beyond that. And I think that can be dangerous because that's not always, you know, enough to keep your job, let alone to really grow in your career. In a lot of cases, it's more dangerous than flat out doing something wrong or really screwing up because most of us know how to maintain the status quo. So, you know, we're most likely not going to do something like that. But, you know, a good example here is the whole frog and boiling water metaphor. It's just sometimes you just are so used to doing um, what you need to do to get the day over with and to be successful, you know, not mess anything up, that we're not really focusing on opportunities to grow and develop. And what ultimately happens if you just keep doing the same thing day after day, year after year, is everything around you changes and suddenly you are that frog in the boiling water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I recently saw an article on Harvard Business Review that had six really good tips on how to grow your career. So I want to talk through each of those. But a good point that they open up with in this article is, you know, just most people, like I said before, they're not not growing in their career due to laziness. It's because we're living in an environment where, you know, you might have constrained resources. You might be taking on the work of somebody who has left the company. Um, so you're really trying to get through the day-to-day. You're delivering 120% on the current demands of your job. So 
we're not even talking about laziness here. We're just talking about, you know, the lack of resources. And then we don't have the time or the desire to really devote to developing ourselves any further than that. So I want to read through each of the recommendations from the Harvard Business Review article and then get your thoughts on them from your own personal experience, um, you know, whether at Orion or Walgreens or just what you're thinking for yourself in the future. Okay. So the first one on the first one on the list is stay alert and in, stay alert and attuned to your environment. Yes, and and so as I, I think about what that means, it's staying up to date on what on what's happening. Um, you know, being aware of opportunities within your scope to extend yourself beyond what you're doing on a daily basis, um, as well as looking externally at what are some things happening that you could potentially get involved with that could benefit you in in terms of, you know, expanding your potential in your career? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things here that I think that, you know, could be, we've had several podcast episodes about this one, but just in terms of networking and making sure that you know what the trends are and you know what's out there is just making sure that you're keeping in touch with people um, whether you're looking for a job or not just knowing like what's you know what's new what's exciting in my industry that's going on how could this help me right yeah it's great it's one of the things as I talk with candidates or more more so when I talk with companies about what are they doing from a veteran onboarding perspective, specifically looking at those folks that are transitioning straight out of the service and, and into jobs? That is always a recommendation I have is whether it is internally or through, you know, whatever organization, you know, if you're talking maintenance personnel that might be part of some sort of greater maintenance uh, organization, I think about like certified maintenance reliability engineers is one example uh, of an organization that, technicians might look to as they transition from the service, but getting them a mentor, getting them somebody who can help kind of coach them through that initial process is one of the things I always share with with our clients as a best practice for when Mm -hmm. they're looking to onboard and retain veterans is make sure there's somebody at at a minimum, somebody internally that could be their go-to person that is not in their direct, uh, I guess what we call the chain of command. Yeah, definitely. So moving on, number two on this list is create slack in your schedule. And I know a lot of people who are listening to this, especially um, if it's a job seeker or somebody who's just recently started in a career, uh, I know that everyone feels like they don't have time. I mean, that's the most common thing you hear from people is like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, everyone likes to talk about how busy they are. And I, I think there's merit to that. I think everyone is typically busy if, if you're doing your job the way that you should be doing it. However, I do think that there is a way to, you know, create some time for yourself to, you know, do some of those things we just talked about, scope out ways that you could be growing in your career. What do you think about this one? I, I agree. I think it, it, it is an area where at work you may have less power to create the slack in your schedule, um, you know, depending on the level of importance you hold in the organization, you may be able to do that more. Uh, and, and, you know, how much you self-dictate your own work time, because if you're scheduling well, you should always be able to create, you know, at least open up a couple of hours during the work week to do things. Mm-hmm. But what I'd say more so is, you know, if, if 
if growing your career is important to you, then doing it outside of work hours should not be something that you dread. It should be something you're looking forward to doing. So having making that commitment to spending a couple hours a week outside of the work hours to, again, professional development, whatever it may be, um, I think that's more so going to be the case for a lot of people is what can, you know, what are they doing? Cause we're all so busy at, at work these days. I don't think there's a person I talk to that isn't pulled in 20 directions every day. Um, so, so I can understand not having it during the workday, but your personal time, you, you just, it's about what's the priority. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I was just about to say, I think it's priority and asking yourself, am I focusing on the right things? Because sometimes, even if you're not necessarily a manager and you can't delegate work to, you know, to other people, sometimes you will find yourself, um, you know, focusing too much on things that don't really matter. And so it takes away from you doing the things that are going to help you advance in your career and also help the company more. So it's really prioritizing, asking yourself if you're focusing on the right things and just continuously working toward that. Right. And and I will say, you know, I, I think I was in that, that mind for a while where even in my personal time, I felt like I just didn't have enough time. When I wasn't working, I had other chores to do, other errands to run. And it, I, I had put off going to get my own MBA due to lack of time. I didn't want to commit the time resources for it. Um, and then about three years ago, I had a, a life-changing event. And from that point forward, I found that I was much better at prioritizing how I spent my time and suddenly mm-hmm. had hours and hours. Um, rather than go get the MBA, what I decided was I was going to get back in health good health. And you know, now it's, it's a routine. I'm giving an hour and a half, two hours, five days a week at the gym that before that day, I couldn't find 30 minutes mm-hmm. a week to go yeah. work out. So it's about priority. And I think that at the end of the day, most people, you have time for the things that you make time for. I saw a meme. It was like a while ago, probably in the height of um, Beyonce fame, like Beyonce performing at the Super Bowl. I saw a meme that said, you have as many hours in a day as Beyonce. And I've always thought that was funny because I mean, it's true. Like we all, everyone thinks they're so busy, but we all have 24 hours in a day and it, you really just have to end up making time for what's important to you. Right. Agree. Even if it, I think you said something about, you know, maybe setting aside an extra hour to a week. That's, I mean, that's totally doable if you say, I'm going to wake up 15 minutes earlier, or I'm going to, you know, instead of maybe you're somebody who goes out for an hour lunch every day, maybe I'm going to start bringing my lunch and I'm going to, you know, focus time on my lunch break. Maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's your full lunch break, really however much time you can do. And then I think you once you start to like make some progress on it, it's something that you want to continue to do. Right. And then suddenly you'll find you have even more time. I think one good place to always make up time is definitely screen time. I think take a a lesson from all parents and set screen time for yourself. So you're Mm -hmm. not spending hours a day mindlessly looking at memes. Uh, While I love them, they they can be quite time consuming. (laughs) 
Well, it's funny too because now Apple has all those um, settings where you can get on and see how much time you have. So if you ever find yourself complaining that you don't have time, I guess that's a reality check is to go and look because I think we all spend more time on our phones than we really need to. Right. So number three on the list. for six hours today? Okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, sorry. So number three on the list is sign up for a project outside of your main area. And I think this is a great way to grow because – like I said, we just get so head down in the day-to-day of what we're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times you don't even look up. So for instance, I'm in marketing, you're in sales. Two functions work very closely together. It's It wouldn't be a bad idea if we said, okay, we're going to work on something together. You get a different person's perspective than you would if you're just working within your department. So I think that one is a really good recommendation. I agree, and it also helps with you know what we talked about earlier with networking. If you're working outside your main area, depending on the size of the company, you could be exposing yourself to people that you, you've never met, despite having worked in the same building for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. this, I think, can also extend to outside of work. Again, you know, can you get involved in organizations that are different than your regular day-to-day job outside? work as well that could end up benefiting you from a career perspective. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So moving on to number four, make strategy your day job no matter what your title is. So for this one, what I get from that is, you know, sometimes you might say, oh, well, I'm just a, so for you, an account executive, for me, like, oh, I'm just, you know, marketing communications lead, like, and you kind of get stuck in what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um, I'll leave the strategic thinking to my boss or his boss, her boss, that type of thing. And so for this one, it's more just making sure that, you know, like we said before, you're up to date on the industry trends and figuring out what's going on in your specific um, job or market and, you know, presenting those ideas. That's a great way to grow within your company uh, and show that you're someone who is of value to keep on the team by trying to figure out which problems you should be tackling and helping the company solve. Right. And, and I think it's, it's more of the, the what and the why. And what, why are we doing what we're doing and what can we be doing differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think or for sure. And- what can I be doing differently? Yeah, definitely. And just don't become limited by, you know, who you think you are within the organization, because really the whole entire purpose of the conversation here and what we're trying to get across is that these are ways that you can grow in your career. So um, looking at it from, you know, a big picture perspective, where do I want to be versus where do I think I am now? Right. And then how do I get there is the plan. Mm-hmm, definitely. So number five on the list is expand your contribution from outside in. So again, I think this kind of touches on some of the things that we have already talked about. But, um, you know, if we if you talk about like how you can build your own personal brand to strategically impact the company, things like that. But do you have any personal experience that you want to lend to this one or anything else that you want to expand on here? You know, I'm I'm going to say this is an area that I probably personally have not done so well in, um, in terms of, you know, getting myself involved in other things, whether within, within the company, uh, being a part of, of other groups or outside of being a part of organizations, it is an area that I have as, as a needs improvement. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And honestly, I, well, first, because I'm going to use the word honestly too many times here, but I commend your honesty because I think that's something that if we were all being honest with ourselves, we could say the same thing. It's just, you know, I think it seems like more of a daunting task than it is. Um, it could be as simple as starting out small and, you know, posting things on LinkedIn and getting involved in groups that way. If, you know, when we say you can set aside like 10 minutes a day to do something, maybe on the back end of your lunch break for 10 minutes, you participate in a group that's of interest to you on LinkedIn or just do a little bit of research and share things that are important to you. And I, I mean, I feel like that's a great way to just get your feet wet and start and then, um, you know, kind of get the ball rolling that way. I feel like with all of these things, once you start doing it, it's kind of just that habit and routine that you get into. Right. It's And, and once you've done it enough, it now becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, the sixth one on the list, the sixth and final, is learn to delegate once and for all. And so, you know, I, I mentioned not everybody is in a position where they're a manager necessarily, but I, I still think most of the time you can delegate work to either peers or somebody um, who might be, you know, in your department, but one step below you, I mean, as long as you're communicating with people and get the okay to delegate work to that person, um, it can really free up some time. And so for, for this, I, I would, I'll lean back to my Orion or my uh, Walgreens days. Um, you know, I had, I had progressed from intern to assistant to executive assistant manager to store manager to community leader. And as a community leader, I ran my own store plus helped coach six other store managers on their locations. And I was, I think I was pretty good at what I did. That's why I was able to get the promotions I did. And so I was, I was a training store. A lot of new managers would come through my store before going somewhere else to ultimately take on an assistant manager or executive assistant role. And I would, I would kind of joke with them, but at the same time, I wasn't joking and tell them my goal is to be able to walk in every day, fill my cup of coffee, walk around and ask you what we're doing. <laughs> I, I want to be at the point that you can do my job so that I don't have to do it. And then when you mm. move on, I'll go back to doing my job and train someone else to do it. That was what I prided myself on. Um, I came close for a while, but then they kept moving me to busier and busier stores. So I had to contribute. So I didn't quite get to the full delegation. Um, but no, I, I, I think that is absolutely the case. And I feel a lot of people don't delegate for fear that somebody else isn't going to do it the way they want or the way they like. Mm -hmm. um, they like the control. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a big piece to it, which um, I'm probably guilty of that myself. So <laughs> I think I, to some extent, I mean, I'm not like, uh, I'm probably not on the end of the spectrum that is, you know, as bad as it gets, but I definitely know, you know, the way that I would want things to be. But on the flip side, maybe someone doesn't do things exactly the way you want them to, but they do it a little bit differently and it gives you a new idea. So then you meet somewhere in the middle and, you know, you find a more efficient way overall. Right. And, and until you start delegating, the other people may not be willing to give their opinion or, or their ideas on how things can be done differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you know, now that we've gone through that list, I think that those were some really good tips. Um, 
and I think that you, you know, you provided some really good advice through those, but you know, one of the biggest ways that I think that we can avoid the complacency of just being, you know, kind of stagnant in our jobs is by setting goals for ourselves. And that kind of looks a little bit different to everybody, depending on what your job is, because some people like, for instance, if you're in sales, you might have more tangible um, goals than somebody who is not in a performance driven um, type of role like that. But I want to know from your perspective, because you are in sales and you're coming from a management background, can you just discuss the importance of setting goals for yourself and then even, um, you know, examples of how this has helped you in your career? So, I, I mean, it, it starts with, you know, how, how do you get anywhere without an end in mind? Um, I, I, I don't want to steal from Mr. Covey, but The Seven Habits is, is a favorite book of mine. Um, specifically because it, it deals with a, a big piece of this and then goal setting. Why? So that I know where I'm going. Um, if, if I set out on any given day, any week, any month without a plan of where I want to be at the end of that day, how, how do I know if I was successful? And if I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm successful, how can I really have job satisfaction? Um, so I, I think it's just, it's, it's sort of a loop that without a goal, you can't really move. Or if you do, you're just doing it directionlessly. And, and that mm -hmm. doesn't help much. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, everyone who has a New Year's resolution at the beginning of the year and they say, oh, I'm going to um, be healthier this year. I'm going to lose weight this year. Without having specific goals that you're working toward, like maybe you say, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week or I'm going to follow you know, a specific diet or nutrition plan, something like that, to where you actually have a goal in mind, or I'm going to lose a certain amount of weight or take my body fat down by this date, whatever the case may be, to where you have something specific that you're working toward. And it's, easy, it's easier to gauge what your success is and how close you are to something other than just coming up with a big, you know, ambiguous goal of I'm going to be healthier, because it's like, what metric are you using to measure that? Right. And I, I don't remember where I heard it. I feel like it's, it's been years and years. But the difference between a, green, a dream and a goal is that goals are smart. And by smart, it was specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-defined. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, I want to lose weight. You have to say, I want to lose 10 pounds within the next two weeks. Yep. And one thing that I think, um, in I don't know if you have experience with this, but one thing I think could be very helpful is having somebody who's going to hold you accountable. So getting that feedback. So you have somebody who you consider to be a mentor or um, really anybody, someone that you can tell them, hey, here's what I'm doing. And you could share updates with them. Um, you could ask for feedback from them. And, you know, having, especially when we're talking about a business environment, I think that that's really, it's very important to have somebody who can um, kind of hold you accountable and, um, you know, provide some of their own feedback for you too. I think accountability is important. The other two things I think that, you know, for me specifically in terms of making sure that I'm, I'm setting goals and I'm going to achieve is then taking those goals and, and breaking them down into smaller actionable steps and even intermediate objectives. Um, you know, smaller goals, like, okay, I've hit this piece. If, if my goal is to lose 10 pounds in two weeks, well, I should be able to lose five in one. 
So mm-hmm. that's, that's step one. What's that mean? That's about a pound a day. So breaking it down into smaller pieces that I can see that success happening keeps me committed to my goal and keeps me, you know, excited about getting there myself. And then of course, having somebody else out there that I'm accountable for just makes it all the better. Mm-hmm. And kind of in line with what we're talking about, um, just in terms of, you know, keeping ourselves accountable and how can we kind of figure out how to move in that direction. I did see an interesting article on Forbes that was 10 career growth questions you probably aren't asking yourself. And I thought that these were really interesting. So I'm going to read through the list of questions and then see if you have any feedback or any that you think stand out to you as being the most important or anything that you have experienced with. So the first one is, um, what goal am I excited about achieving next month? What was my professional highlight this month? Is my personal brand still reflecting my three brand attributes, which um, I didn't actually know this before reading the article, but um, the brand attributes they talk about are um, your resume, making sure that it has a human touch, your career accomplishments, and then characteristics to help you accomplish those things. What have I learned about myself this month? What was happening at the times when I didn't perform my best work? What meaning does my work have? How has my lifestyle impacted my work this month? What is lacking in my network? What's stopping me? And what did I do this month to step out of my comfort zone? So I think those are great questions. A few stand out to me that I can touch on, but what about you? What do you think? So I think that the the biggest one is what meaning does my work have? Uh, And and Mm -hmm. especially as we talk about career growth and accelerating your career, if I can sit here and not answer the question of what meaning does my work have to me, why am I trying to grow it? I am. So that, that I think is a very important question to have that in front of you because from there you can then set the, the plan of how do I want to grow from here? I'm fortunate in that, you know, the work I do, I truly enjoy. I get to, you know, meet in the middle between employers who are hiring and veterans who need jobs and make that translation so I can, I can coach employers on what they can do better to attract veterans and coach veterans on what they can do to be more attractive to employers. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that I, I truly enjoy what I do just about every day of, of my life. Um, you know, there's very rarely that I don't leave a day of work saying, wow, that was, that, that was a good day. I, I mm-hmm. did something positive. Um, and so with that, it kind of goes into the other two things that jumped out at me. And that is what was my professional highlight this month? And what am I excited about achieving next month? So again, on any given day, I can walk out saying, I feel good about what I did today. Might not always feel good about, you know, how productive I was. Um, you know, from as a sales guy, from a, a revenue perspective, of course, that's ultimately what I am judged on. But I, I, if I've, you know, introduced three new people to a new company or to three new companies, that's a good day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just kind of looking at it at the end of a month, what did I do? Looking back, what did I achieve? What was the highlight? And then looking forward, what am what am I planning? Um, you know, of course, it helps that you know we we as a company look forward into the following month 
quite regularly, as I'm sure most companies do. They're kind of looking at what, what do we need to achieve over the next month. So then I look at my piece of that and say, okay, what do I need to achieve? Right. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I, I agree with all the ones that you um, that you brought up. I would say one that I think is very good, and it was one of the last ones, what's stopping me? I mean, we talk so much about excuses. Is it actually something that, you know, is legitimately standing in the way of you pursuing any type of growth opportunity, any of the things that we talked about? Is it something that's legitimate or is it something that you can overcome by, you know, trying to become better at time management and prioritizing things? So I think that one stood out to me for sure. And then what did I do this month to step out of my comfort zone? Because again, I think comfort zone, complacency, it's all kind of in the same vein as what we've talked about already. Agree, and and I think the the reason that last one didn't resonate with me is because I pretty much live life outside my comfort zone. It's it's what I I enjoy being in the unstable and unknown. It's it's where I thrive. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't even know what my comfort zone looks like to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, Maybe one of the reasons I love this job because, you know, part of what I get to do is travel around and meet with clients and, and visit their sites. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm in new towns all over and, you know, finding out where's the best place to eat, where's the best, you know. Right, yeah. I, I get the enjoyment of not being in my comfort zone. I'm not at home on my couch with my snuggly wrapped around me. Well, see, that's why I think these questions are interesting because um, we have different perspectives on the ones that stand out to us because I am someone who's very driven by routine. So that's more of my (laughs) comfort zone. So it just goes to show how, you know, depending on what your background and what your preferences are, these can be good questions, but you just have to figure out which ones are going to, I guess, spark some type of action in you. Right. And I, I mean, all of them good to ask without a doubt mm-hmm. that, I, you know, that some might be less important to an individual than others, but all, all 10 good questions. Yeah, definitely. So in your opinion, do you think that most people rely on their company to present opportunities for growth rather than employing some of the strategies that we've talked about? You know, that that's, I, I wouldn't want to say most. Uh, because again, you know, as I talk to veterans who are in the job place now, and I think from from that perspective, the military kind of defines your promotion and and your career opportunities. I mean, there's actually a section on an evaluation that says, you know, recommended for these three roles as you, as your next step. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is definitely very very company driven. Although you do as an individual have a, an option to say, hey, I would like to potentially pursue this path or that path. Um, I, I kind of think most companies sort of do the same. They have a, a defined path along which most people will move. And as an individual, you're welcome to stray from that path, but most people don't because it's the path of least resistance. I mean, why, why blaze mm-hmm. a trail through the middle of the woods when you can do it down the path that's already laid. Right. Personally, and I like were... to blaze through the middle of the woods. It's more fun. 
Well, you bring up a good point in terms of, you know, the fact that, of course, most of our listeners and most of the people that we work with are transitioning veterans or, you know, veterans who are returning to us to look for their next career opportunity. So, you know, coming from an environment where there is that structure, do you think that's something that um, is, I guess, like scary or exciting to veterans when they're leaving the military? And what advice would you have for them? I, I I would say what I hear more often than anything isn't scary or exciting. It's frustration. Mm-hmm. Like, because even though the company may, you know, most companies will have a more defined path. It's, it's not as available as it is in the military. Um, you know, from the perspective of if I look at any one manufacturer, they might have one plant manager and one operations manager and you know potentially let's say 10 line managers so if i go in as a line manager which i I would say is equivalent to a a platoon sergeant or a platoon leader you know junior military officer senior enlisted in in the army i might sit in that line manager role for the next 10 years unless i'm willing to move to you know another location for a promotion because there's just not another ops manager for me to move into. So that's where I think people miss the opportunity to do you know when we talk about do they take it on themselves? Looking at other opportunities that might be lateral moves is mm-hmm. is an area that veterans would probably benefit from rather than just saying okay I'm going to do this and then I'm going to move up and then I'm going to move up. It's what can I do to diversify my skill set once I'm right. with the company? Mm-hmm. Not every career path is going to look the same, that's for sure. And I, a lot of people aren't right. excited about a lateral move, but maybe, it, you know, maybe you're in a role where there's not really a lot of career progression. So you take a lateral move and there's a lot more opportunity down the road. It's always something that's worth looking at. Right. And in the military, it's pretty much time and grade, time and service and points and you're getting your promotion. Like there's a, mm-hmm. you know, I've got three buddies right now who are on the list. You know, they've, they've met all the requirements and now they're just, they're waiting for the next round of promotions to happen, I think in the spring and, and they'll, they'll get their promotion. So it's like, it's a known thing. Whereas in the civilian world, you don't have that known thing. It's not, okay, I'm up next. And when the position opens up, I'm the one it's, I don't know when this position is going to open. And when it does, I'm going to have to vie against others for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's because it's less defined. I think it can be frustrating for people when they're first coming out. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And then to piggyback on that, I initially had asked you what your advice would be. I guess our advice is just to listen to everything we've said on the podcast already. Yeah, I'm, I mean, really when it comes down to it, you know, have the clear conversations with your management as well on, you know, what are the promotion opportunities? And I, I don't always recommend it in the very first interview, but as you, as you get into the team and you're starting to, you know, learn, learn what's what, then start talking to your manager about what else can I be doing? Where else, you know, what areas can I be looking in? Whether, going back to everything we talked about today, whether inside or outside the organization, what things can I be doing to set myself up for a move to the next level? Because I don't want to be in this job and get stagnant after five years. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, Ned, I appreciate it. Like I said, I think you are the perfect person to have on this podcast. And I didn't even know it until you started talking about your background at Walgreens and management and then here at Orion. So I'm really happy that you joined me today. And is there anything else that you want to share before we close this out? No, I am. I'm good. Thank you so much, Megan. I've really enjoyed this as well and, and learned a little bit about myself and where I need to grow. <laughs> Definitely. It's a learning experience for all of us, if we are being honest. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ned. Bye, Megan. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.